Hello and welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Schultz. And as we sit here on Sunday, anticipating this pivotal matchup between the Rams and Seahawks, we have to wait until Tuesday as the NFL postponed this Seahawks game. So that gives us a little bit of time to catch up on some of the comments made by the Seahawks at press conferences through the second half of the past week. Let's kick things off with former Rams tight end Gerald Everett, who spoke about getting the chance to finally play against his former team. Everett missed the week five matchup after testing positive for COVID. It was good. Finally be able to see some of my old uh, teammates and be able to compete against them in, in our race to the playoffs. And I was really bummed out that I couldn't see him last time, but watching it from home, it would be different from watching it uh, through, the, through my visor. So I'm excited to see him. In his last divisional game two weeks ago, Everett had a rough outing. He says scoring a touchdown last week against the Texans has him feeling more confident, though. It felt great. It felt great uh, just to get back on track and to put myself back in a position to where I'm most comfortable to be. And that's just thriving and dominating. Moving on to Everett's fellow tight end, Will Disley. He talked about the challenge of playing against all pro defensive lineman Aaron Donald. Yeah, 99 is a great football player. Um, he's shown it for a really long time. He presents a challenge week in and week out. So, uh, you know, we know where he is at all times. And, um, you know, I think the O-line has a great plan for him understanding his moves when he takes his shots um, and he doesn't take a lot of plays off. So uh, I think that's the best part of his game is he's, he's, he's real relentless. And, uh, you know, I think the whole defense kind of feeds off it. Uncle Will also shared with us his thoughts on the role as the Seahawks back up long snapper. And we got to find out what it is that they actually call that position. I have been the, uh, we call it the ocean guy. I'm going to relinquish my position because Colby Parkinson's shown some stuff. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, he needs a little time in the spotlight. In what was otherwise a pretty slow news week for the Seahawks at these pressers, the big news on Thursday was that Alex Collins and Tyler Lockett were added to the COVID list. The Seahawks had some more players on Sunday added to that list as well. You can look for that up at fieldgoals.com. Russell Wilson, who says he has received his booster shot, spoke about the news. I feel like for the past two years, we've been trying to avoid uh, everything happening. You know, it's, 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 uh, it really, it's been, it's, um, you know, all, all jokes aside, it's a pretty serious matter just in general, as we've been saying for a long time, everybody's been saying, um, you know, I think the reality of, of, of COVID is, is, it, uh, you know, it, it can affect anybody, you know, and it can impact anybody and everything else. And so, you know, I'm praying for a guy, Tyler, obviously that he feels better every day and, if, you know, if anything's going on with him and everything else. So I, I just think that, you know, anybody who's gone through it, who has faced it, who is going to face it, anybody who's battling with it right now currently, um, you know, I, I really believe that, um, you know, hopefully at some point we'll come, come out of this on the other end of it and just praying that they can stay healthy. I've always been taking precautions um, along, the, along the way. Um, you know, obviously we, we, uh, we test here and then um, we test at the house and everything else all the time and, everything else constantly, you know, every day, pretty much at, at our house, you know, people, anybody who comes near or gone anywhere, anything else. So it's one of those things that, um, you know, it's been part of our lifestyle. It's, it's changed our, all of our lives in so many different ways. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I pray that, um, every day that we can get better and try trying to find better ways to keep each other safe. I think what's super important is we all wear a mask as much as possible. Um, stay away from, you know, people as much as possible. Um, but at the same time, you know, just 
knowing that everybody has family members and everybody has loved ones and um, some elderly, some young, some people have asthma, some people have, you know, uh, may have had cancer, you know, different circumstances, you know, so everything is, um, you know, our li- people's lives are on the line, you know, and so we have to protect everybody as much as possible. Wilson said he had a chance to talk to Tyler over the phone on Thursday. Yeah, I spoke to Tyler. Tyler and I talk, you know, t- called each other earlier. Today. I've been obviously here busy, you know, with meetings and everything else, but uh, he's feeling pretty good. Offensive coordinator Shane Waldron spoke about the importance of Lockett's absence. Tyler's been such a great player for us all year long. Uh, his consistent presence as a leader and as a playmaker at, at receiver. Uh, you know, it's never going to be just uh, one thing that we'll do. Everyone's got to step up. All the receivers, tight ends, running backs, all the skill positions will have to step up to fill the void if, if he's unable to go. And, you know, the number one priority for, for Tyler and everyone in the uh, situation with COVID is, is health and, and making sure those guys are healthy. And, and that's first and foremost. So if that happens to be the case where he's not able to play, everyone's got to rally around each other and step up and, and you know, fill that void that will be left by him. Hopefully this extra delay allows for Tyler to make it back onto the field. Another player who we're curious about making it back on the field, Waldron touched on the chance Adrian Peterson has to play on Tuesday. Yeah, I think we're still waiting to see with him, uh, see where it goes. Uh, you know, I had some unfortunate luck last week. And, uh, you know, this week it's just back to, you know, him getting his rehab in and, and working as much as he can out, out on the field when he can. Uh, but right now, just, you know, expect another chance to wait and see with the backs. And, you know, especially with the way Rashad played, you know, still looking at the backs of that same approach where we got a lot of different guys that could come and rise to the occasion on Sunday. Uh, and, and Adrian, you know, I still think the, the thing that was, was really special to see with him is, you know, his on-field play has been, you know, a Hall of Fame level for a Hall of Fame career, but his practice habits and then his meeting room habits and just the presence that he's brought to the building for that running back room, I think has been a tremendous help for all those guys. Before we get to Pete Carroll's Friday press conference, here's what Waldron had to say about new Ram Vaughn Miller. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, once you put Vaughn opposite Floyd, you know, Aaron's always going to be disruptive inside, but now you got the, the edge presence on both sides that, that really, uh, you know, if Aaron's pushing the pocket inside, you got these unique pass rushers on the outside. And obviously uh, Vaughn Miller's done it as good as anybody in the history of the game for an extended period of time. And you can see him getting his rhythm, you know, we're playing there. So he's got that turf and, and that crowd noise to be ready to roll with. So good to do a great job of handling him just like those other guys along that front. Coming up next, we'll hear Pete's thoughts on the delay of the Seahawks game from Sunday till Tuesday. Also, some injury updates coming up after the break. Of course, the biggest news on Friday was when Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll was on the podium talking about the delay of the Los Angeles game until Tuesday. It's a, it doesn't have anything to do with that, with the competitive disadvantage or advantage, I don't think, in, in that, uh, you know, we're trying to get as many guys able to play as possible, and, and, but with the thought of looking after everybody and, and making the right decisions uh, in the midst of this, this kind of surge that we've seen in the league and around the country and around the world, that we're trying to make good decisions. And, and uh, as so many decisions we make, we don't have a lot of background on these things. You know, you just got to figure out what you're going to do and go for it. We're not going to let this affect us at all. Um, we just have already uh, you know, jumped into our adjustment and, and, and all that. And uh, we'll go play. You know, it's going to be Tuesday instead on Sunday. So um, that's the only way we're going to look at the thing. Um, we were waiting for the word so we knew what happened because there's you know, a lot of, of arrangements and things we all have to take care of. I mean, some guys might even have flown down to L.A. already, Bob. Uh, so uh, anyway, so we're going to make the most of it. 
The postponement of the game may have ripple effects on the Seahawks schedule. Pete Carroll seemingly planted a question with Seahawks.com reporter John Boyle to allow him to get his thoughts out there that he hopes that the Bears game might be delayed by a day to accommodate more player recovery. That's that's a big concern. You know, anytime you play Thursday game or this is like a Friday game, I think um, it's a big burden on the players. It's a big burden on the recovery time. It's not it's not what their bodies want to do. They're they're trained to you know to, to have a whole week and to, to recover, and they don't get it. So in that regard, nah. If if you know if our game could move back to Monday, that would help us some. You know, I don't know that would kind of get in the middle of the next week as well. So um, well, I don't I don't know what's going to happen, but um, not a, not a fan of that for the for the players' sake. DK Metcalf, D. Eskridge, and Freddie Swain were all on the injury report. And Pete said they all looked good in the latest practice and expects them to play. Moving on to more COVID news, Pete addressed the possibility that the team's cases were the new Omicron variant of the virus. Yeah, we have to get the um, the all of the information before we know that. Well, I don't know that right now. We're kind of making that assumption because it just things just changed. You can tell there was a there's a shift, and we've gone you know 20 months or something without anything happening. All of a sudden, something popped. But that doesn't mean that that's what it is. We don't know that yet. But we, when we get the results from the PCR stuff and they can take a look and evaluate, then we'll get some more info on that. As of Friday, the team had no new player positive tests, but Tyler Lockett and Alex Collins remained on the COVID list. Pete talked about how they're feeling. Those guys are they're OK now. They, they, Tyler had a little bit of a uh, he had a, a tough day, but he's he's OK now. And, and uh, so he's just waiting out. Those guys are going to try to test their, their way back in. We'll see what happens. Although no additional players had tested positive as of Friday, the team did have one coach test positive. Yeah, we did have we did have one, and uh, and there's been a couple around the building, you know, so that we're really on alert and, and doing everything we can to make sure that we're doing it really well. And it's because it hasn't, you know, it hasn't doubled up yet uh, within any area, but um, everybody's on alert. Looking at the injury reports from Friday's practice, Brian Monet and Brandon Shell were the only two Seahawks players who sat out. Aaron Donald and offensive lineman Brian Allen were limited Friday for the Rams. Head on over to fieldgoals.com. As I mentioned before, there were six members of the team who were moved to the COVID list on Sunday, and the two biggest names, cornerback DJ Reed, right tackle Brandon Shell. So even if he were to be healthy, he may not be able to play in this game now. Four other players, running back Travis Homer, defensive end Kerry Hyder, who was just celebrating the birth of his daughter just this week. So hopefully all is well with him and everyone in the Hyder household. And the other two players, guard Pierre-Olivier Lestage on the practice squad and cornerback Mike Jackson. And hopefully that's the last of the players added to the COVID list because it would not be good if the Seahawks were going in the wrong direction if the Rams are going in the right direction with this delay from Sunday until Tuesday, but it looks like the Rams are still significantly impacted by COVID. John P. Gilbert has the story as the Rams are adding, well, they added a former Seahawks player in Demarius Randall, and they added five other players to their practice squad in what is likely needed moves so they could be sure to have 46 players on the roster to play on Tuesday. That is going to be something to watch as we lead into this game on Tuesday night. Thanks to Wilson Kahn for helping to produce this episode. Follow him out on Twitter at Wilson underscore Kahn, C-O-N-N. And as this schedule change has shaken things up, I don't know how I'm going to be impacted. I'll be back when I'm back. 
Be sure you're subscribed to the show. That way you never miss an episode. You can go to feelgoals.com, click on the podcast button, or you can search for Feel Goals wherever you listen to your podcast. Tell a friend, check it out as well. And until next time, go Hawks.